CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. On this episode, we're going to talk some rock, some metal, and anything else we feel like. We're also going to jam some tunes, have a drink, and share some honest opinions. Thanks for listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. Let's get things started. Hey, it's Mark Striegel. Welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast. I'm hanging here in the bedroom tonight and on the bed with me, two individuals, Pearl the dog and Emily the the uh, the, the wife. Emily, how are you? And they're, wow, they're currently making out. She's making out with me. I think I think I would call that. Yeah, well, she's a lover dog. We're gonna come back and talk with Emily uh, about a couple different things. But first, we're gonna get into a brand new interview that John Astronomy and I conducted with legendary, iconic, one of the godfathers of hip hop, DMC Daryl McDaniel's of Run DMC, and wow, what a, what a great chat with him, Emily. Now we've had him. On numerous times, and I think both of the previous times, it was an in-person, in-person interview. Once here at our house, and then remember when we like in, went to the studio yeah, in, in Montclair? Montclair. Yeah, that real high-end so studio. Cool. We got to meet his son, who was yeah. so nice. Yep, and he played us a song, or we watched him record a song that he was working on. And I asked him about that song. It's and it's coming soon. It yeah. sounds like so we're gonna but to see him yeah. in action. In the studio rapping, I just had chills. Like my fur was standing on end, (laughs) so to speak. And what a great guy. But anyways, let's get into the interview right now. We're going to come back more and talk with Emily. Again, this interview recorded, oh, I don't know, like a week ago, two, a week and a half ago on our Talking Metal live stream, which we do every Friday evening which we do live on John Astronomy's Facebook page. Now, it gets a little confusing because John Astronomy has literally three Facebook pages. So it's just the one that says John Astronomy, and he's maxed out on his friends uh, at over 5,000. But you can still just go there and listen to it. Every Friday night, we do it. I don't know how much longer it'll go on because I have to admit this past Friday, I was freaking fried after working like a 50-hour week to sit there and have to... uh, 
do an interview and it was last, it was just the other night. I didn't think the last one went all that well, but the one with, with Daryl was great. I loved the one with Michelangelo Badio. I thought that was great. So there's, some of them are real fun. Other other times I feel like they get a little off, off the rails, which I know some of you guys like that. Um, but anyways, that's enough. Let's get into the Daryl McDaniels interview that I conducted along with John just uh, about about 10 days ago or so. This is, to get us into the interview, some great music by DMC. This is Lot Lizard, and this is by the Fragile Mortals Project, which features Rob Duke's Ex-Exodus, along with Daryl McDaniels, a.k.a. DMC of Run DMC. Here we go. Lot Lizard by Fragile Mortals.
What's up, Mark? How you doing? How's uh, it going? Hey, Daryl, this is uh, John. He's going to be hanging here hey. with us. We're going to talk some some rock with you. What's and, up, John? Uh, hey, Daryl, how are you? How you doing? I like those guitars back there. Thank you. <laughs> if you ever need any Les Pauls, I got them. So if you're I recording a project, it. you can take these. Oh, yeah, you got an army out there. <laughs> <laughs> So, Daryl, it's been a little while. Uh, wanted to first just see how you're you're holding out, how you and the family are doing in this kind of strange time in our, our country's history. You're staying safe. Everything's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, the first three days for me was full of, full of anxiety and fright and nervousness and being afraid and just wondering, oh, my God, the world is over. What does this mean? Am I ever going to work again? Will the world ever be normal again? And it was really, really scary the first three days for me. But then after the first three days, this peace came over to me, came over me. And uh, I found myself in the same position that I was when I was 15 years old because you're stuck in your house. And I was one of those kids that was always in the house when I was younger. Right, right. All you had was your imagination. Like, yeah. You know, until I got like 16, 17, I was, my mother was like, you have your ass in this house when them streetlights come on. <laughs> so yeah, always right. being in the house and then like loving to be alone with myself. But I was always entertained because I had 70s rock radio. I right. had the 70s folk song or 60s and 70s folk song artists. And I had my comic books. And right. if it wasn't, if it wasn't uh, you know, the, the black and white Hollywood horror flicks like Frank and Bella Lugosi, Boris Karloff, all of those oh, yeah. Godzilla comic books, cartoons, Bugs Bunny. So I was all right in the house. So after the first three days of the beginning of the quarantine, I was like, yo, I could do this. <laughs> you know, I started getting excited. Um, I was able to think of new ideas for my comic book. Um, I wrote about 50 songs, but not to wow. write songs. Yeah, I wrote about 50 songs, not to write for the purpose of recording them later. I was just writing songs just to write the songs. Right on. So it, it, I was coming from that, that place of passion of just doing it because I love to do it. So after that, you know, you kind of adjust to it. Uh, the first couple of days, I couldn't understand 
why there was no toilet paper. Like that was a big issue. <laughs> but now things are starting to get back to normal and stuff. Family and friends is good. Um, my, my, my wife's sister, uh, although she caught the COVID, she had the virus and stuff like that, but she's doing better now. And Okay, good. You know, good. Everything is starting to settle down. You just got to play it safe and be cautious. Yeah, but yeah. good to hear. I'm and cr- creative as ever. It's awesome to hear, Daryl. And, you know, right before this whole thing hit, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was like back in January, we got to see you uh, on the TV with your old friends Aerosmith at the Grammys, which you busted through a brick wall. And it was very cool. Uh, How how was it reconnecting with those guys? I mean, I don't even know if I should say reconnecting because I think you're always in touch with them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I stay in touch with Aerosmith all the time. He's Steve and Joe and the rest of the band, Brad, everything. We communicate. I caught their show. I caught their um, their residency in Vegas and all of that. And was actually planning to go do some of the, the dates in Vegas with them until, uh, the, you know, the COVID hit. But um, it was amazing because... Aerosmith was already doing it. They was getting the, um, they was going to get an award for, you know, all this stuff that they do musically and them being legends and stuff like that. So Steve actually called me and was like, D, we're doing the Grammys. Would you come? So automatically I'm like, yeah. Anytime I get to play with a live band, that's amazing. And it was just funny because I usually do a lot with them. And Steve would say, I'm very happy you said yes, Steve. But I want the other guy too, which was right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So um, I had Steve. Steve. Steve is really close with my manager, Eric Blam. So I said, Steve, talk to Eric. Eric will connect you to Run. Boom, bang. And once Run knows I'm doing it, he'll he'll want to do it. So Steve called us personally and said, Yo, please, please, you got to do this with us. And we did it. And it was just weird because it was the day we did it was the day Kobe Bryant died. That's oh, right. right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. We woke up that morning, it's the Grammys, and it's going to be amazing. And on the way, you know, because you got to be there early, you got to be there like 11 in the morning. On the way is when the Kobe Bryant news hit. So it was very, it was a sad occasion in there because everybody was just so sad. You know, we in Kobe's right. house. You know, we in the Staples Center and stuff right. like that. But um, it turned out good, and it was really, really a lot, a lot, a lot of fun to be back out there. Cool, cool. It's it great, great seeing though. you on stage with those guys. And uh, John? So, Daryl, I, I know that you uh, are good friends with Mark and the Striegel family, but I wanted to tell yes. you that uh, we have uh, connected twice. And uh, the last time was, I believe, in 2010, and it was at Carnegie Hall during an event called Redemption Song. Oh, yes, yes, at Carnegie yeah. Oh yep. yes, that oh yes. I was that was amazing because it was such a it was just surreal for me to be in Carnegie Hall, like right. doing you know what I'm saying? Yes, yep. I remember that. Okay. Yeah, now I John was works um, with John works with Ace, uh, you know, the former yes. Kiss Star Play. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, Ace Freely. Right, right, right. So we had we that was a great event. Um, Joni Mitchell, Henry Rollins, Steve Adler. Was, he was the moderator. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember yes. that day. Yeah, that was a really exactly. great event, and I, I and then and I want to get more into that uh, stuff as well. But then then here's a crazier event that I might be a little embarrassed about. But why? Do you remember um, judging 
uh, a, a contest, a talent contest at BB King's in Manhattan. Yes, the New for MTV. York. Yes, what, what was it? What, what it, was it? It was an MTV um, internal employee talent show, and Gilbert Godfrey was hosting. Buster, yes, I remember yeah. that morning. Yes, I remember <laughs> that. Yes. and I was the I opened the show in a silver spacesuit with a helmet on, playing guitar. Playing a guitar, yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> so that was you. That was me. Oh, my goodness, yeah. yeah. I definitely remember that. So you guys have had run-ins before. Yes, but we have. Yeah. Okay. That's great. That's great. And, and uh, Daryl, I wanted to ask you, too, because one of my favorite quarantine videos, you know, all these bands are doing quarantine videos, but was you getting together with members of Anthrax and Suicidal, Suicidal Tendons to, and Volby. Volby. Can you talk a yeah. little bit about what you guys did? Because it's a very great Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was amazing because um, Charlie, I forgot, me and Charlie was on the same email feed or something like that. And then Charlie, he's so cool. Um, he reaches out to the guy who sent the email out and says, um, you think it'd be cool if I could speak to DMC? And he, and he was like, yeah, DMC's a lovely, easy guy to speak to, reach out to him. So Charlie all humbly reaches out to me and says he was doing these, um, these, mu these live musical presentations, you know, virtually for the people. And he said he wanted to do one with me. And he just went into about um, how Rockbox and King of Rock changed his life <laughs> like he was just like yo when i heard rock box it was so cool what joe was doing and this and that and then the king of rock came out so he was <laughs> like yo i was wondering if you would wouldn't mind doing a medley of some of my favorite run dmc songs you know what i'm saying and i'm gonna I'm get rob and i'm gonna get rod to perform I'm like what he said yeah it's something that i've been doing so um he tells me exactly what he wants he wanted to do and then um he sent me the tracks the way they did it. I went to the studio, laid my vocals, sent it back to him, and then we just picked a day and we did it. And the beautiful thing about the whole um, the whole incident is that we did it for MusicUnites.org to wow. you know, raise money to give instruments to um, to children in, in in different places and stuff like that. That's great. The, the, what was beautiful about it was um, we all know each other's music. So for them to take my songs and present it, the riffs, the drums, the bass line, it was so good. This is crazy. It was so good. The fans are starting to ask. We know there's a new record coming with that. <laughs> right. we, and, and I love we, it. Yeah, yeah. We, so um, right now we're currently working on a brand new song featuring all of us that just saw oh, in great. the Run DMC throwback. Something brand new. When you and, say um, brand new, not a cover, not like not a, a cover, yeah, right? Uh, yeah. New original. Wow. wow okay. Yeah. It, it was. It's one of those things. Breaking news. Yeah, it's one of those things when you get inspired to where people love to see a motley crew of dudes get together and do the songs they know. 
But Charlie was like, yo, this is so, why can't we do a new song for people to love 20 years from now? So that's, that's the cool thing. And then once we said we did the song, we said, okay, now, now that we have a song that we did together and everybody saw us do this medley of the Run DMC stuff, the very next step is when things open up for all of us to get up on a stage and, ah. you know, a few nights out of the upcoming um, yeah, whether it's 2021, you'll be able to see all of us together live. And wow. The kick That's in, cool. You know what I'm saying? We'll do some Anthrax, we'll do some Suicidal, we'll do some Volby, do some Run DMC, and then we can close with the brand new song that we did. So right. this, led, this led to a new progression of, we got to get innovative. So if we coming together to creating a new way to still connect with the people, we started to realize that, yo, now that we did it, we have something that we can do together whenever we show up wherever. And that's the beauty of music. That is that is amazing. Nice. So it sounds yeah. like we have a new super group on our hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, that. for sure. That's, that's yeah. funny. Some of the comments from the people was like, yo, this is a badass super group. I want a new song. I want to see these guys. Y'all should make an album. Like, it's crazy. Do you guys have a name picked out yet or or, or not yet? No, not yet, not yet. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's, it's, it's like we're, we're not thinking as far as profits of rage yet. Right, you know what I'm right. saying? But... After doing it live a few, you know, after doing a lot, doing it live a few times and doing a new song, maybe that'll lead to something more interesting and fun. Right. Cool. Cool. Well, yeah, yeah. sounds very exciting. I'd love to see you guys live. So let's hope that happens sooner than later. Yeah, uh, everybody's was, saying it. <laughs> it was back in in the fall of, I guess, 2018 already. You invited myself and, and my wife, Emily, down to the studio over in Montclair. Yes. We hung out there with you. And I heard this amazing tune that really, to me, seemed like it was going old, old school DMC st style to it. Uh, uh, what's the status of that song? Oh, well, the, the songs will all be coming out slowly starting in uh, probably November. I'm going to start dropping that song and a bunch of other songs. I have, um, I'm waiting to go in the studio with Dave Navarro. Shout out to my wow. man, Dave. Yeah. Uh, yep. Waiting to go. I'm, I'm, I'm about 85% finished with the, the, um, the DMC album, but it, the DMC is Dynamic Musical Collaborations. Okay. So that song will be on there. <clears throat> um. Definitely the song that I do with Charlie and the boys will be on there. I got a song with um, Sammy Hager. Wow. I got a song wow. with, yeah, I got a song with Sammy Hager. I got a song with Joan Jett. I got a song with Tim Armstrong of Rancid. I got a song with um, me, Travis Barker, Sebastian Bach, and Mick Mars and Motley Crue together. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean it's I, amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm really taking this King of Rock thing seriously. Like, yeah. <laughs> when I made the King of Rock in '85, I was just pretending to be the King of Rock. Right. Now I'm realizing, <laughs> yo, I could really get out here and be the King of Rock because yeah. of most of my <laughs> bands and stuff like that. So it's amazing. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna start dropping this new music starting in November. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Amazing and, stuff. And, wow. And, and definitely. Um, you know, the main intent of making all this music is to get up on stage and do it in front of people. So as soon as we allow to go back in venues in whichever shape, form, or fashion, I'll be able to 
get up, you know, I'll be able to, if Sammy's playing somewhere, I could just fly in, get up on stage with Sammy. Joan always calls me, yo, Daryl, I'm in Houston, come on out and do the song. So the beautiful thing about this is all the songs that I'm collaborating with these artists, we can do these songs anytime, anywhere. And right. we're also, what we're gonna do, once we complete the whole album, it's really impossible for us to go do a whole show, you know, there's a tour, like there's, right. there's with no everybody. Way right. with everybody. So once the album is completed, we'll probably, um, Tim Armstrong, he wants to direct it, but we'll probably go into like the Roxy or the Whiskey A Go-Go on Sunset, and then we'll film a concert film styled like The Last Waltz. Wow. And we'll get up on stage and we'll do records people love. But, you know, if I get up there with Joan, she'll do her song. And then I'll do the song that I did with Joan and vice versa. Sammy will get up, play his. So we want to make it into a, um, a well, Tim Armstrong said, D is actually a reverse last waltz because it's a new beginning for me. It's not my ending, it's my beginning. So we said if we get a venue, fill it with some people, and then we, we could film it and then. The, the filming of the actual live performances of all the songs one after one will be something we could share with the public. That way, we we could go on tour without going on tour. We're just right. seeing the video out everywhere. So wow, that's, Mark, that's something that I, I Mark and I would love to come to that when you guys get that. Yo, thing I'll out. give your I'll give your invites. Y'all be there. I'll give y'all the behind Thank the you. scenes and everything. That would be, that would be yeah, amazing. Be all of us all in the building, you know what I'm saying? Be that's that's so cool. Behind the scenes, yeah. So, and so I Darryl, love the location. The, both of those places on the Sunset Strip are great. Yeah, yeah, that, that was Tim Armstrong's idea because he said it, 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 it serves no purpose. Just Like, we could just make the album and put it out. He said, don't do that. So we don't want people going, yo, remember that album D did five years ago with all those people on them? We want to give it to the people so they, it's so in it. It's in it. Tim said, this album is an experience. Something people could live with forever. So it's not just about recording records and putting out. It's something people can remember. And it's, it's a way to show the, the, uh, the unity of what music does. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's kind of, for me, it's kind of like, um, I, I don't remember what it was. There, there's, 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 um, there's footage of the Rolling Stones in London, and I believe they were watching Muddy Waters play. Oh, wow. wow. They were like kids. But the scary thing is when Muddy said, yo, Mick, yo, Keith, come up here and play with me. Yeah. And he was wow. almost like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. But then they went up there, and it was just... It was just beautiful to see people that the Stones look up to invite them to play and everybody's on one level. So it's, that's kind of like what it is like for me because you got to think about it. Most of all the people that I played with or, you know, even being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, for me, it's not about getting the award. That's a huge accomplishment. But the, 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 the winning accomplishment was just being considered worthy enough for induction. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because cool. think about it. We stole, we sampled, but we stole all the music of everybody in there to create this. <laughs> thing. So, right. you but know, you guys know, made it your own. You made it your own for yeah, sure. Yeah, we made it, exactly. So, but it, that, that's just the beauty of it. So there, there's a lot of good, fun stuff that also I think what this pandemic did for, for every, you know, movies, TV shows, books, and everything. I think it slowed everybody down for a minute. 
and said, right. let's look at what's beautiful. You know, it's, it's, it's enough about seeing who's controversial, who's more famous, who's more rich. And you know what I'm saying? The whole thing of being a celebrity. I think the pandemic abolished all of that. And people now can appreciate great, incredible works of art, whether it's music, poetry, photography, you know what I'm saying? And that's right. the beautiful thing about it. It's bringing us together, but it's not a new coming together because we was always together anyway. <laughs> hey, awesome. hey Daryl, um, so we are streaming live now, but we also will uh, put this up on YouTube and in podcast form after the fact. But I just awesome. saw a, a, a good friend of both of ours jump into the stream. He's watching now, Mr. Rob Dukes. Rob and, Dukes. Oh, my hey, God. I got yeah. some stuff coming with Rob, too. Wow. We got some new yeah. stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. A lot of breaking news. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So you you did it, what I thought was a very overlooked record with Rob and Generation Kill, uh, Fragile yeah. Mortals, which was great stuff. Uh, if anyone yeah. didn't know that record, it's well worth seeking out. But you're saying now there's there's going to be new stuff on the way. Now will that be under the Fragile Mortals name, or is this just with you and Rob? What what are you working on with Rob? Well, I don't, I, I don't want to spoil it all right now, but it's, it's okay. something really big. We're going to, um, we're going to put some of those She Kill songs out because a lot of them are good. You know what I'm saying? A lot of them actually is talking about everything going on now, the politics, the pr police brutality. We, we did. Speaking of the Stones, we did a, a wonderful remake of Heartbreaker by the Stones. Oh wow. Police okay. in New York City shooting yeah. a kid and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. And then I come on with the verse. So we said, yo, we got to put that out. Um, we're going to put out probably, we're going to put out an EP. We're going to take the three songs we love off the G Kill album the most. And then we're going to do um, a, a brand new song with, with a super, super dope surprise guest. Okay. Wow. That's already in the works. Right. Okay. Wow. Yeah. We are getting, we are just, it's getting one breaking news. story after another. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but see, hey, what's crazy? Y'all are getting the exclusive. I know. Y'all are getting all the exclusives. Wow. <laughs> Great stuff. Hey, Thank you. Thank you. I, I wanted to ask you, um, Daryl, I, I uh, recently watched this, uh, uh, I guess it was called the Beastie Boys story on Netflix, which, yes. of course, you uh, famously or maybe not so famously, I don't know if people know this, but I mean, you co you wrote songs for the Beastie Boys, like on the License for Ill record. Yes. Slow and Low. What was the other one, Daryl? Um, 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 Paul Revere. Paul Revere. Yeah. So, so, you know, and, and there are some pictures of you and stuff in the documentary. I felt like they should have mentioned you guys more personally. But the uh, way Rick Rubin was portrayed in that, uh, the great producer that you worked with, how, um, how do, you, do you think it was portrayed fairly in that documentary, assuming you've seen I, it? I, I didn't see the documentary. But okay. I, I heard, they, look, I heard, from what I heard, I heard they talked about stuff that I didn't know from a business standpoint and an artist production standpoint for, for the BC, we didn't, we didn't write for the BC boys. I want to explain to the people after, cause this will make them understand what the, who the BC boys are more. When we was work, we was working in Chunking house of metal. We was a hip hop group working in a metal studio in New York city, downtown. And in that studio was Slayer, Blondie, it was punk rockers and, and, and metal bands, and we was the only rap group in there. The Beastie Boys, which was a punk rock punk rock group at the band, 
Rick Rubin was their producer and their DJ. They had got into hip hop. Right. I guess they didn't have a way to break through. So Rick started hanging around our sessions and he brought the BCs in and Rick asked Jam Master J, yo, you think these three white guys, these three white punk rock guys could make a hip hop album? Right. Jam Master J rest of peace, he was like, sure, why not? So <laughs> they they was thinking of a starting point and we wasn't gonna put slow and low on the album. We wasn't gonna put slow and low on a Raising Hell album. So they was like, um, y'all don't want that record? And we was like, nah. So they was like, uh, could we get it? And we was like, sure. So we gave it to Beasties. They gave it their touch. And that's the thing. That was the catalyst. A couple of months later, four or five months later, they had this whole phenomenal album called License to Ill. But when Rick Rubin was with, with us, Rick Rubin, he was the guy that would tell us, don't sample, get a real guitar player. Oh, don't do this. Put this. I'll play that. Don't sample my Sharon. You know what I'm saying? So Rick was kind of like the George Martin to the Beatles right. for us. But wow. in, in the documentary, people was telling me stuff about Rick and Russell that I never knew. Because when, when I was when we was around with the BCs, for us, it was always recording, touring, recording, touring. I didn't know personally what was going on with them. But... Overall, even to this day, the, 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 the same way I met Rick and the Beasties back in 85 is the same way we are to each other today. I haven't seen the doc, but I guess I really got to see it because people say we're all in it. Yeah, yeah, it's a good watch. I, I, I truly enjoyed it. It's it's done uniquely. They they shoot it on stage in the King's Theater in in Brooklyn. Uh, and and yeah, they, yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, it's really well done. I heard. I will say, I, I heard when it, yeah, I heard when it first came out, they was doing something brilliantly. They would do talks. They would do like in stores, and they would set. They would get up on stage and tell all of these, you know. Um, stuff about MCA and stuff like that. But yeah. I heard the doc is really, really, really good. Well done. Spike yeah. Jones is yeah, the, Spike uh, Jones. Yep. the director. Exactly. And yeah, it's really well done. Um, one thing they do say in there, it's funny, the BCs are like, they talk about, you know, we're all talking about heavy metal and rock. They were like, we didn't like heavy metal. We didn't, you know, we didn't like hard rock. But then when they started hanging around Rick, they got the, yeah, actually, maybe metal's kind of cool because maybe Rick had this personality cool. that anything that Rick did, he, he the way he broadcast it out to the world, cool. he sold it to you. No, right? 100%, 100%. I mean, even Rick's attitude toward hip-hop. Rick always loved hip-hop to sound like it sounded before it got recorded. So that's one of the things that made Run DMC and Rick gel with it. Rick didn't like the clean... Um, you know, clear, pristine recording of records. He wanted the static in it. He want he wanted to sound like the, the New York City clubs, like Danceteria in the world and all of those. Right. <laughs> I remember Danceteria. Remember Danceteria? I used to oh, live literally like three blocks away from Danceteria, and if something cool was happening, somebody would call me up and say, "John, get say, over here." Down. Yeah, and you walk yeah. right. And I'd, I'd be right there in like ten minutes. I'd be there five minutes. Yep, Danceteria is. They, they should do a movie about Danceteria because it was like yep. hip hop on one floor, rock on one floor, yep. pop on one floor, and reggae on one floor. It was a, an amazing yeah. place. It was a great club. I love that place, but. Yeah, it's, it's funny because what you're saying is Tom Morello of Rage Against the Machine and Prophets of Rage, he said when they worked with Rick, they would go into the studio and 
Rick would say, get rid of that $5,000 microphone. And he'd put yeah. in like a little $70 radio yes, shack. Exactly. You know? exactly. and, uh, he, he didn't want the machinery driving the field. He wanted the artists that, you know, the, uh, uh, the artists, it's the artists and the musicians that make the music feel the way it is. You know what I'm saying? So if I could make this song sound good on a shitty microphone, then we all good. You know what I'm saying? And I love that <laughs> attitude. We don't need to be clean and we don't need no auto-tune. And you know what I'm saying? We want it to be raw. And then we wear, we worry about what's going to sound good in the mix. Nice. So I know Rob Dukes is listening, so I'll give it away. We're, we're doing a brand new song with Dave Ellison. Oh, oh wow. Cool. Wow. Yeah, wow. So, that's uh, amazing. So talking metal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. So you know how that's going to sound. Yeah, he, we had him on the screen with us uh, about a month or so, two months ago, right, John? Yeah, he was a great mm-hmm. guy. They, yeah, him. great yeah. guy. So yeah, we're going to do a song, and, and we're putting it on on Dave. We're saying, "Yo, Dave, you come up. With, we want it to be baseline, heavy, uh, metal, rock, guitars, rap, punk, classic rock, country, soul, rock thing." Wow. So, all right. <laughs> so I, I had to give it away because I was like, why not drop yeah. all the jewels on air? All right. Well, yeah. thank you. Well, thank you for doing it on Talking another, Metal. Another bit of breaking news yes. uh, from yes. DMC, Daryl McDaniel. Shout out to Dave L. He raises David Ellison and Rob yeah. Dukes. Yep, and Rob Dukes. So, so Daryl, um, you mentioned comic books. Are, are, so new, new stories, new editions, yes. new issues on the way? Yeah, DM, DMC 3.5, which is the introduction to DMC number four, which will be here soon. And we also, this is kind of cool, Playboy magazine. It's not, it's Playboy Online now. So it's not Playboy Magazine. Now, when you say Playboy Magazine, people think naked women. It's not that no more. It's more of a pop culture magazine where they talk about politics, fashion, music, um, um, automobile, merchandise. It's a pop, it's a lifestyle magazine. So over the last couple of years, um, every quarter they put a comic book um, in the actual Playboy magazine. So you got Hellboy, you got only just comic books. This next quarter for Playboy magazine online, you're going to have a special edition Daryl makes comics um, adventure in Playboy, which is really nice. huge for us. That is great. Oh, yeah. So that is that's, super cool. That's coming simultaneously with uh, DMC 3.5 getting ready for the release of DMC number four. Now, 3.5, we wanted to have ready for San Diego Comic Con, New York Comic Con, but none of that seems to, like it's not going to happen right. this year. So right. I, I've been doing the cons, most of San Diego, New York, everybody's doing it virtually right now. You know, we, we're figuring out as we go along, but once we're able to start having gatherings and stuff like that, I'll definitely be on the scene next year with uh, the Playboy Special Edition DMC Adventure, DMC 3.5, and the fourth graphic novel from the Daryl Makes Comics universe. And I got a song like everybody was telling me yo d you make music you need to start putting music with your comic books so right. i got a i got a song coming with um i'll probably put it out with the 3.5 uh or the dmc number four it's called bad guy everybody wow. want to be the bad guy they say the nice guy finishes last everybody want to be the bad guy 
but don't you talk so fast. Everybody want to be the bad guy, but the bad guy case is sad. Everybody want to be the bad guy until the good guy kicks his ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so we, we, got, we got that coming. So, you know, for me, it's, you know, it's weird because my whole life was always rock and roll, comic books, and hip-hop. And now everything's going full circle. I guess that's yep. all I could be for the rest of my existence. <laughs> right. Well, that's not, that, those yeah. are three awesome it's a good places to be. Yeah, it's a great exactly. place to be, for sure. Yeah, well, Mark, I, I, I got to come over, Mark, because I miss those sandwiches, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I've, never, I've never had sandwiches that good, man, really. And I'm like, wow. What kind of sandwiches, Mark? Yeah, well, em- Emily, my, my wife, Emily, she uh, went out when Daryl was here once and picked up uh, sandwiches from the world famous Milburn Deli in Milburn, yes, New wow. Jersey. Milburn and Deli they, got it going on, man. Yeah, and they are they are um, one of our favorite sandwich spots. And yeah, excellent. Really good. Really, I've never had a sandwich that good. Well, as soon as we get through all this nonsense, hopefully we're almost through it. You're well, welcome to come back. I'm definitely we'll, coming. We'll hang out. And uh, I always tell this story. I did an interview with you that day, and it was a long interview. It was like an hour-long interview. And then right. we shut the mics off, and we got the sandwiches out, and then – the real good stories came about Michael Jackson. And the oh, moment. yeah. That's <laughs> where we got even more stories. You know? So, yeah. so I, I always uh, cherish the memory of having you here in our home, and I hope you uh, will come back soon. Def- I definitely will. I'll never forget that experience was lovely. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> cool. And as far as uh, the best place to get in touch with you online, Daryl, where, where is that? I know you're um, on Twitter. I'm, I'm on Twitter and um, I'm on Instagram. My Twitter is the King DMC on Twitter and on Instagram. It's King DMC. Awesome. Cool. And I also Very wanted cool. to give just a big shout out to my buddy who you worked with and did some amazing, again, hard rock, hip hop combo crossover thing. Jason from Slaves on Dope up in yes. Montreal. Love that. Jason guy. Rockman, Jay Rocks. And, and <laughs> his name literally is who he is. Jason Rockman. <laughs> that is the good, good people. Slaves on Dope is incredible. And, um, uh, Got something new coming with Slaves on Dope too. Oh, another <laughs> exclusive! <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. We just crazy. got about twenty-five exclusives. Yeah. Yeah, you you are doing more than anyone I know combined musically right uh, now. Uh, no, I mean it's crazy, but the, the beautiful thing about it is the people that I'm around. When we talk about music, it's almost like you remember when you was a little kid and you would want to go over your best friend's house. And it's like, oh, can I play? <laughs> oh, I want to come. So, and, and, oh, I want to come. Can I have one too? So we're like little kids with this. And it's right. amazing that we still have that desire, you know, just to create and, and have fun. And since we're having fun, we just want to share the fun with the people. So, yeah, Jay, Jay Rock is my man. He's like, yo, you know, we got to do another one. Good. Whatever you want to do. Exactly. Yeah. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. So music with Slaves on Dope, music with Dukes coming out. Yeah. You got all this other amazing music you were telling us about, including the, the track I heard at the studio in Montclair, New Jersey, which was amazing. And you, thank you, thank you. correct me if I'm wrong, didn't you drop like a Metallica line in there about Lars or something in that song? Yes, I did. Yes, yeah. I did. Yeah, I pay homage. I pay homage to Slayer, Anthrax, and Metallica. Yeah. All, all within the same nice. song. So yeah. For sure. Yep. Hell yeah. That's amazing. 
Well, Daryl, it's, <laughs> it's uh, always an honor talking with somebody like you, a uh, rock and roll hall of famer uh, and uh, the the man behind Run DMC, uh, such an amazing innovator, and you're still going today nonstop. So thank you definitely, for that. Definitely rock will never die. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, right. Mark. Darryl, I'll see you soon. Yeah, thank you, Daryl. Thank you again, man. Thank Take it easy. You. I'll see you at our next event, man. I will be, I'll be there for sure. For that thing in LA. For sure, for right sure. No doubt about it. Yes, sir. I got y'all. I got y'all with that. Oh, Talking cool. metal, baby. Thank you. Thanks, Daryl. All right. Have a good night. Ladies and gentlemen, DMC, Daryl, DMC McDaniels. What an amazing interview. What's up with the hip hop police? Can't find peace in the Middle East. Some punk rapper always has to be. What's going on with all the priests? Church should be shamed about what they did. First place station never touched the kids. This revelation is a prophecy. The only way out is you and me. We gotta stay awake, can't go to sleep. The promise of the kids, I gotta keep. Life is rough enough on the street. I gotta make sure that we all can eat. Chuck said rappers like CNN. We keep tuning out instead of tuning in. And while we're sleeping, they're watching us. And instead of watching them, we're not waking up. There must be some kind of way out of
Okay, right there, Watchtower by DMC. That comes off of his 2006 solo record, which is really hard to find, actually. It was called Checks, Thugs, and Rock and Roll. Last I checked, it is not up on Spotify or Apple Music. Um, that was a, probably a few months ago I looked for it, but I have the physical CD, so... I love that tune, man. And on that tune, joining him, Elliot Easton of The Cars, right? And Josh Todd and Brad and Tom from Aerosmith. Wow, great, great stuff. I think it's Brad, or is it? uh, Let me see. Now I got to check the book because I'm going off the top of my head. I want to make sure I give you the correct info here. Um, Let's see. Yet. Yeah, actually, that was wrong. Not Brad and Tom. It is Tom on bass, Tom Hamilton, and Joey Kramer doing the drums there. So, man, DMC, he is tight with those Aerosmith guys. You always think of, uh, of course, Steven and Joe being in the Walk This Way video. But here in 2006, he had Joey and Tom do do that song with him. The uh, Hendrix, Dylan kind of classic going there, Watchtower. Cool. All right. So I'm still hanging here with Emily. Emily, I had uh, I want to talk to you, but I had this great guy who supports us on Patreon, David Gray. He's over in the UK. Can you give him a special shout out, please? Yo, David. <laughs> and, and this guy's kid is so awesome. His name is Charlie. And uh, it would mean the world to David if both of us gave a big shout out to Charlie, because I saw and I'm going to share this with you. The most amazing video of Charlie, who's who's a kid, playing Fly By Night, the Rush classic, on the drums. And he sounds great. And, and I, Charlie, we really give you all the, the props in the world. We need the young kids like you to keep rock and roll alive. And man, you are well on your way. So great job on that, Charlie. I, if keep I, it up, Charlie. If I think about it, it, I will post it in the show notes yeah. on TalkingRock.net, TalkingMetal.com. Uh, I, no guarantees, but if I remember when I'm doing the web work, I will get that up for for you charlie Uh, and if not um maybe i'll tweet it out or something i'm going to try to remember to do that but let's play a song for david who supports us on patreon really right now guys the only the only requests i take are from the people on patreon so david this goes out to you over in the uk you've been supporting me a long time and i really appreciate it this song is called you are the light and it's by i don't know how to pronounce this emily java sikati Take a look. J-A-V-Y. Is that how you'd say that? I don't see it there. Jiva Sakti. Okay, there you go. I'm not even going to try that. Jiva Sakti? Okay, here we go. Jiva Sakti here on Talking Metal for David Gray.
right, cool. Emily, so before we go, uh, I wanted to talk to you because we're still in the middle of this COVID thing. As John Astronomy says, it's COVID time again. Um, and what what's the deal? Because everything I've predicted on this thing, like when they first canceled the kids' school, I was like, they're going to be back in two weeks. Don't worry. And you were like, oh, no, they're not. And then, then <laughs> yeah. you know, now I was like, well, they're going to be back before the year ends. And they didn't go back. And concerts are coming back in the fall. And I, I've been like wrong on everything and you've been way more what's the word pessimistic and no uh, i call myself a realist realist okay and 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 accurate yeah i'm an optimist (laughs) in my normal life but with covid19 i've been a realist so there's been some experts in in the concert field who have now predicted that you know it's not concerts aren't coming back in 2021 like they were and i have to say this week was a turning point for me because I started to be like, and maybe it was their influence, but just looking on what's going on with these explosions in different parts of the country in Texas, Florida, and, and California getting hit hard, Arizona, I started to think, you know what, no one's going to be able to tour. I mean, this is, it's so, it's so messed up out there. And even in 2021, if we don't have a vaccine, it's definitely not happening. And even if we do, I just don't think people are going to be running back to want to go to festivals and concerts and stuff. Thoughts on, because mm-hmm. because a lot of you guys don't know this, because I've seen people say, hey, pick, post more pictures of Emily or, you know, and talk about the way you look, which is always tremendously beautiful. I'm so fortunate, but you're also an awesome cook every night. Oh, wow. <laughs> She, through this whole quarantine, she's been cooking for the family every, almost, almost every single night, and it, it always rocks. And you are in science. A lot of people might not know that about you. You're a rocker chick. You're beautiful, but you also you work in science in the pharmaceutical world. Can you first explain a, just briefly about what you do and your background, and then I want you to really lay it on the line. Tell us your most educated guess, because that's all anybody can do at this, this point is guess as to where things may be going with this horrible COVID-19 BS. Well, I get a lot of questions about my background. So my, I studied biology in college. My dad is a doctor, and I always thought that I would go into the medical field, either as a physician or a veterinarian, because I'm animal obsessed, as most of you know. Um, I ended up moving to New York City and started working for Pfizer um, in clinical research. And that's what I've spent my entire life doing. So a lot of people don't even know what a clinical trial is, but it's basically how we test a drug for safety, safety and efficacy. It's basically how we test a drug for safety and efficacy um, prior to it being approved. I don't know what that word means. I'm sorry. (laughs) Efficacy is, it doesn't work. Does it work? Is it efficacious? Means does it work or does it not? And then if safety is another piece of it, right? Because it could work and it could not be safe, right? You could have a situation like that. So, so I, I manage clinical trials um, for a living. I've done this for 18 years now and 10 years with right. Pfizer and basically eight years with Johnson and Johnson. Okay. And now J and J, and I've worked mostly in oncology, so cancer. Um, cancer studies. Right. But, um, 
recently I moved into, I started, I got a promotion. So now I manage the clinical study managers, the clinical trial managers, which is awesome to be a people manager and to be able to help. I kind of miss being like in the, the trenches, but, um, but I am still in a way in the trenches, especially because I have a few of my reports that are working on the vaccine trials for J and J. Um, so I'm, I'm there, you know, supporting them through that. And J and J's our first phase. Our, we have our first study starting our phase one study, phase two study, phase three study. Uh, if you know anything about clinical research, the phase three study is this giant, one hundred thousand patient study where we'll actually test it, placebo controlled trial. I know none of this makes any sense to any of you guys, but. Um, yeah, and hopefully we'll have a vaccine in early 2021, you know. Yeah, but it, like seriously, this whole like operation warp speed stuff, I mean, it just sounds retarded. No, well, well, typically it takes five to seven years to develop a vaccine. Right, that is, so this that is operation warp speed that everyone, you know, Trump's thing, that's not happening. I mean, is that is that happening? Well, is what it? do you mean? Yes, this is operation warp speed because typically it takes five to seven years to have a vaccine on the market. And we're yeah, going to be doing it. Yeah, but he's saying by in, the fall. N- no, the first trials, the, the big phase three trials will be starting in the fall. Ours will have first patient in September, probably, according to our CEO. I'm not giving away any kind of insider tips here, um, but... I don't I don't think we'll see a vaccine readily available to the public until early 2021. That's my prediction. Unless, but even that yeah. seems like it's way early to me. Like yeah. stuff's going to get it's, delayed. It's like I I think it's due, it all depends on how the trials go, right? And and who's are we all going to rush out to get this this vaccine that that we know it was rushed through. Well, I don't want to be the no first one's one compromising. to get that. No one is compromising anything. So it's, I think it's I'd like not... to wait a month or two, see like what happens to people <laughs> get it. Yeah. But we have the, the trials are large trials, a hundred thousand patients. So it's not a small number of patients and you have the phase one, which is, you know, safety to make sure this is okay. And then the phase two, a little bigger, phase three, 100,000 patients. So you're going to have a large population that's taken the vaccine and we know whether or not it works and it's if it's safe or not. So okay. you have to trust in the clinical. This is what I've done for 18 years of my life. And we do the work that we do really well. And our number one priority is patient safety, period. Okay. I got it. I got it. I just, I don't know. I just feel like everything we've been told about this thing from from politicians and even from the news media has been inaccurate up until this point. And, and by the way, J&J, it's zero profit. Right. Zero profit. Look at the statement from our CEO. We are not making any money off the vaccine. It is it's breaking even for emergency use. That's it. Okay. So, it, so it's not like we're racing to the finish line to make money. So out of everyone I know, the person who has been the most accurate with their predictions on this thing has been been you. And I don't want to put you on the spot now, but but what what are your thoughts? Obviously, there's numerous different routes that this whole thing can go. What what do you do? You have any gut feeling as to where this is headed? Are we going back to normal in 2021? No, we're not. I mean, I, I even say there is well, a vaccine in early 2021. Like you say, are we back to normal? I've been in the tweeting. Spring? I've been tweeting since March and April. We're in this for the long haul, people. 
this is it. Like this is this is massive. This is going to be in the history books. Okay. Um, yeah, and already is. Yeah. yeah, it's not going away anytime soon. The only things we can do now are that we know make a difference: wearing masks and socially distancing. And the countries and states that are doing that are finding success. However, when you come out of that, and you're going to see an uptick. And I think we will see an uptick in cases in the fall. I think we'll see a second wave prior to the vaccine being but, readily available. But the first wave still hasn't gone. Like, like Correct. So in New Jersey and New York, we're, we're, we've gone down. But but it seems like, you know, they're saying the first wave is, hasn't ended. It like has It's not. still going on in Texas where it it's hasn't. like worse than ever. Yes. And Florida Correct. had some of the all all. All, all time high numbers coming out of the state of Florida. My best friend had COVID. Right. In Dallas and her family. So it's, it's not, and it's not going into anytime soon. And unfortunately the vaccine is not going to be the end all be all. And I think everyone's thinking, Oh, when the vaccine's here, we're good. No, we're not. It, it's, it might be similar to the flu vaccine where you might get it still, but at a lesser extent. And we still have to have treatments in place and we still have to have, social distancing and and i'm sorry mask wearing is going to be become commonplace for a while very cool and you know we do have the talking metal masks i mean it's not very cool it's very horrible but (laughs) we do have the talking metal masks. by the way we've got masks and uh yeah it's a great great segue (laughs) 18 dollars um you guys have been starting to post pictures of yourself with them Tag me. I will throw them on my Instagram and Facebook page. I love seeing you guys sporting the masks, the T-shirts, and the masks are almost sold out. So I might have to contact my buddy Joe Ryan and get another order made. I'm always hesitant on these second orders because this is what happened with the T-shirts. I I sold like 50 of them, and then I'm like, I'm going to order 100 of them now, and I order 100 more, and I sell like 10 of those, and then we have 90 in our our basement right now, which, by the way, T-shirts, $20, all available through my PayPal uh, You know what sold out? The sweatshirts. The sweatshirts did sell out. Yeah, they oh were my the God. I didn't have a lot of those made, but they were pullovers. Did I get a sweatshirt? I did, didn't I? I don't know. Grant has one. Which, oh, I think which I was probably, sharing yeah, it with him. Probably fits you, <laughs> but those are completely gone. I do want to get like hoodie zipper sweatshirts. I'm actually working with a new guy who does like merch for Def Leppard who may um, may be working with us. I'm not working with him yet. I'm talking with him who may help set up the Talking Metal store. So stay tuned for that. I think he's working with like Power Man 5000 too. So yeah, and that's it. We're going we're gonna to wrap it. Um, this goes out to Leo in Alaska, another fine supporter of ours on Patreon. Leo, you, you sent me that new Boris tune. And I, I, you know, I heard the new Boris album is out, but you can't find it anywhere. It's not on Apple Music. I, I, I don't do Spotify anymore, but I didn't see it on Amazon Music either. So I don't know where besides YouTube I'm supposed to listen to the Boris song. And Boris, Leo, I'll tell you, I, I have some of their stuff. I even used to have some Boris on cassette. I mean, that's how old Boris and how long Boris has been around. Does that sound right? I, I feel like I did like, like 18, 20 years ago towards the end of the cassette era, if you will. But um, maybe it was a CD. I don't know. But anyways, now I'm thinking it probably was CD. But yeah, man, Boris, I some of their stuff I just love. There's like catchy poppy 
sludgy stuff that I love. Others, it's just too extreme for me. It's like hard to get into. The one you sent me was pretty, pretty out there, Leo. But I, but I was, I was digging parts of it. But let's go back now, since I can't find any new Boris that I can legally purchase and play for you here on the podcast. Let's go back to some old Boris from 2011 to end today's show. This is Riot Sugar by the band Boris. Guys, stay safe. If you do want a Talking Metal mask, um, the best way to do that is to email me at mark at talkingmetal.com, and we'll, we'll hook that up for you, okay? They are $18. All right, thanks, and here is Boris with Riot Sugar from 2011 to take us out on this episode of Talking Metal. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, Emily. Great to be here. <laughs>